Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Chris. We're glad you're here. Here's your host, Pastor Chris Atkinson. Good morning. Hi, my name is Chris Atkinson and I'm the pastor of Pinewoods Chapel and you are tuning in to Conversations with Chris. For the month of January, we are talking about anxiety. And in the world we live right now, this is a huge topic. Many people are feeling anxious about uh, the stay-at-home orders and lockdowns and the pandemic, the virus. All of these things are uh, causing people, even the economic turmoil that's happening is bringing anxiety right to the forefront in many of our lives. So we're going to talk about that. We're chatting about uh, how to actually cope and deal with this as we go through this month. So, <coughs> excuse me, last, last week we gathered and looked at some passages of scripture where we actually see uh, examples of anxiety in the Bible. And we actually see that anxiety is quite normal for a number of different uh, characters in the scriptures. So to, today, we're actually going to talk about triggers. The triggers that trigger us in the context of our lives that actually bring about the feelings of anxiety. And uh, as we unpack these triggers, we're going to actually examine and learn how to examine these triggers so that we can uh, begin to cope with the anxiety that we do have. So today, so next week we're going to talk about coping and some coping skills and different things that uh, we can do, some of the things that the scriptures actually tell us to do. Uh, but today we're going to focus in on trying to identify what triggers our uh, anxiety in our life, but also then what to do with these triggers as we recognize what they are. So I'm just going to start by giving some general things. We're going to look at some Bible passages about uh, anxiety and, and how people recognize their triggers. And uh, hopefully this will help those of us that will, that struggle with anxiety. So Right, right off the bat, let's just talk about what a trigger is. So a trigger is something that causes us to feel the emotion of nervousness, uh, anxiety. Uh, we could even go so far as to say a panic attack where our, our lungs and our chest feels constricted with a large weight on it. Uh, all of these things are uh, felt in our body uh, through fear and fear of the unknown, fear of something that might happen, something's playing out in our lives. And this is actually uh, in our body uh, through chemicals that interact uh, with our body to make us feel these certain feelings. And one of the things that we need to realize right off the bat is that emotions are amoral. What does that mean? Our emotions are not right or wrong. God doesn't say, well, you are sad, therefore you're bad kind of thing. Um, God doesn't say, 
you're angry, so therefore you're bad, or therefore you're good. You see, emotions are a thing in, in and of themselves, and it's actually our behavior that comes out of those emotions that could be good or bad. Uh, if we're feeling very anxious and we decide to do something that's negative, then it's not the emotion that's doing that, it's actually our behavior. And so we need to make sure that we understand that there's a difference between feeling these feelings and actually acting out these behaviors. So if we realize that we're feeling anxious, then we stop and say, what has triggered me or what has caused me to feel anxious? Now, in the scriptures, there's a number of examples, and we're going to go through them in a minute, about people who were triggered by a number of different things uh, that made them feel this anxiety. Now, you may be asking the question, and you should ask the question, well, what if I'm feeling anxious all the time? Because there are some of us that struggle with anxiety and, and fear and stress uh, to the point where we are feeling anxious all the time. Uh, now, in a normal, healthy, functioning physical body, uh, we will uh, feel anxiety at different times under different situations. But for those of us that have sort of what I like to call the gas pedal stuck on the chemical of our body that produces anxiety, when that gas pedal is stuck, it is like we're feeling anxious all the time. And that is hard to cope with. And it leads us to places of mental illness and struggles. It actually can cause some physical uh, ailments in our body over time if that continues in that way. And so if that's you, you need to go see a doctor um, because there are things happening in your body that uh, are actually keeping the adrenaline gland that produces adrenaline to make you feel anxious, to make you feel scared, um, stuck on wide open throttle. So, so if, if that's you and if you're kind of like, yeah, I, I know what that's like, then you need to see a doctor because doctors need to prescribe some medication so that you can bring that into balance uh, so that it's not sort of stuck on wide open throttle. Uh, for those of us that have anxious moments and then they dissipate and they go away, uh, there are other coping skills that we can do besides going to the doctor. And I would also encourage people that if they do have to go to the doctor because their anxiety is so high uh, that they can still, and they should, uh, learn coping mechanisms to cope. And that can help with all of these things. So I'm very, very much uh, a believer in that God can heal and he can heal in many different ways. And some of the ways that he heals is through medicine. And uh, all medicine that's in our world, God has created. And he can use that to help us change. At the same time, God also provides ways in his word uh, that can help us work through these things. So today, getting back to what we're really talking about today, is identifying triggers that cause us to feel anxious and then examining them and knowing what to do in sort of the next stage which we're going to talk about next week about how to actually cope with these 
feelings that we've identified and examined. So I want to take you back uh, to sort of last week and springboard off of some of the things we talked about last week as it pertains to anxiety. And one of the things that uh, we talked about was that there are a number of different scenarios, even in the Bible, of where and when we feel anxious. And I love this one, and so I'm just going to keep coming back to it. Uh, the Apostle Paul, he's a leader in the church. He's a leader uh, of people, and he's looking after a number of churches. And he himself tells us in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter uh 11 verse 28 i hope that's the right scripture verse um let's turn over and have a look uh that he was feeling anxious because of the daily responsibilities of being involved in church leadership and that 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 should give any pastor comfort but also anyone else who uh regards paul as a spiritual person but he was able to actually identify what was making him feel anxious and so as we, as we are able to identify these things, and sometimes it just means, okay, this is what I'm feeling right now, and this is why I'm feeling. Now, sometimes we don't actually know why we're feeling the way that we're feeling, and, and that means that we need to stop, take a breath, and ask the question and sort of reflect, why am I feeling anxious in this moment? So... Yes, it, by the way, it is 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28. So as we know uh, what is causing us, we actually have just made a huge step in progress of helping cope with anxiety. You know, just talk about Daniel again. Daniel, again, governmental leader and uh, lived in the time of Babylon uh, in the Old Testament. Daniel chapter 7, verse 15, we actually see him saying that he's anxious about some of the things that he is going through and what God has revealed to him. And so, again, he's able to identify what he's anxious about. Now, it's quite clear that stress from responsibility will produce anxiety. So, let's just unpack this for a minute because many of us have responsibilities. Those responsibilities may be, you know, being a mom, you know, looking after kids. Uh, it may be trying to pay the bills. Um, it may be responsibilities that you've taken on that are too much for you. Um, and all of those responsibilities have with them stress. And that stress can trigger the uh, adrenaline that causes us to feel anxious in our bodies. And as it does that, we're going to feel anxious. And so maybe responsibility is a trigger for your anxiety. Some, some other things that we actually see in scripture that are triggers for different people is fear, worry. Um, Abraham, this is, a great, this is a great story. So Abraham over in Genesis 26 is with his wife, Sarah, and Sarah's a beautiful woman. And he goes into this uh, town and he looks around and he thinks that the people in this community will kill him because his wife is so beautiful so that they can have his wife. And he's quite anxious about it. And he's very fearful. It actually says fearful and anxious 
about the situation. And so what does he do? He lies. He lies and he says his wife, his actual wife, is his sister. And so here we see a situation where uh, a man, uh, supposed to be a godly man, Abraham, lies because of the anxiety and the fear that he's under, because of the threat that he feels. And what's interesting is that it's actually an imagined fear. And I want to make the distinction too today between real fear and imagined fear. Imagined fear is what we fear might happen, but actually has no basis of happening. Let me just give you an example. I am sitting in a, in a couch right now in a building and it would be crazy to think that I could get shot with a missile. That would be an imagined fear. At the same time, uh, having a different kind of fear in this moment might be more real. Now, I actually can't think off the top of my head of what would be a real fear that would come into the situation that I'm in right now. I'm very protected. I'm in a building. Uh, doors are locked. I'm safe. I'm by myself. There's no one else here. We're on these stay-at-home orders. Um, so I can't necessarily be feeling fear in this moment, but we could imagine things that could bring fear into our life. And that's actually one of the things that Abraham shows us here in Genesis uh, 26, because he actually imagined what they would do when they actually had no intent. And when they find out that he's lied to them and who he really is, they are actually very respectful of him. And so we need to be careful uh, with this whole, all of these triggers, so that we understand that there are real fears that have the reality of coming true. So for example, here's a real fear. Um, you are renting a, an apartment, you lose your job, and you can't pay your rent. Well, that's a real fear that you might get kicked out of your apartment. And so how we deal with that kind of trigger is different than how we deal with these imagined fears. And so fear is an incredibly powerful motivator when it comes to anxiety. And you will be feeling anxious all the time if, uh, if you're living in this place of fear. So here's another one. And I think this is also important for us to realize is that there's behavior that goes against our conscience that actually brings fear and anxiety into our lives. And a great example we have of this is in Ezekiel chapter 4. And so in Ezekiel chapter 4, the story is this. The children of Israel have been go gone into uh, captivity, and they've gone into captivity because they've actually done some They've disobeyed God. They've gone against God. And so God actually says to them, I'm going to give you anxiety because you've been disobedient to me. And I am going to punish you and correct you. And so here, 
And, and, and what's interesting in the narrative of this story in Ezekiel chapter 4, uh, we see the people actually responding with anxiety because they have this fear of God about what God is going to pronounce on them because of their choosing to behave in a certain way that goes against what God has actually planned. And this is important because when we think about anxiety and when we think about uh, doing wrong things, if we have broken the law and the police are coming after us, we will feel anxious. There's a part in humanity that actually when it's working correctly, that we are afraid of these authority figures because of the consequences. And there's this whole thing in our world called cause and effect, and the cause and effect of people who do wrong behavior is correction. We correct our children, teachers correct students, um, parents uh, work at disciplining and helping their kids grow and understanding employers that sometimes have to correct employees. And so this, this idea of correction is there. And so if we're, if we are living in such a way that we're always needing to be corrected or feel like we're needing to be corrected, we are going to feel anxious. And these are just some of the triggers that can be happening in our lives that uh, can make us feel anxious. One other uh, example, and I mentioned this last week, bullying. And yes, bullying is in the scriptures, and it's an example we see in 1 Samuel chapter 1 with Hannah. And, uh, and again, the context is that she's married, and there's two wives in this scenario, and one wife is bullying the other wife. And so because of that, she's anxious, and she's overwhelmed by her situation. And so each one of us, if we have gone through anxiety, we are being triggered. We are being set off. We are being uh, made to feel these feelings for a reason. And once we can identify what that reason is, and for some of us, maybe it's people. Well, social anxiety is just you know, being around a lot of people. Um, maybe you've got anxiety right now because it's like, you know what, when I go to the grocery store, I just can't handle all the people around me because of the feelings I have re regarding the virus. And so, boom, there it is. And once we identify that, now, now we're we've on our way to begin coping with anxiety. And this goes across all emotions, whether it's anger, uh, sadness, depression, as we move through all of this, we need to be able to see exactly what is causing us to feel this way. Now, once we've identified what is causing us to feel anxious, we now need to examine it. And when we've identified it, and again, this is, and so sometimes what we actually do with anxiety, and I've worked with lots of people like this, we feel anxious and we stuff it. We don't do anything with it. We don't do anything about it. We just know that we feel anxious and it's overpowering us. And 
the more it keeps happening, the more overpowering it becomes, and the more we less, uh, the more we don't want to deal with it, and we actually run away from it. And part of dealing with anxiety is actually facing anxiety, and that it actually takes courage. And so, as 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 people who struggle with anxiety, we need to have others around us that could actually encourage us to face the things that we feel anxious about. Um, and part of that is doing what we're talking about, identifying what we're anxious about, but then examining what we're anxious about. And as we face these things, we begin to get the courage to actually deal with this. And this is really the first step in coping, is having the courage to face the anxiety. Maybe we need the courage to face depression. Maybe we need the courage to face uh, some of the struggles in our life, the stress in our life. Well, let's identify what it is and now let's examine it. So, so we're going to begin examining our anxiety. And the first thing that, and I've already mentioned this, but I just want to drill down a little bit more into this. First thing is we have to realize, is this anxiety imagined or is it real and it's very wrong to write it off as that all anxiety is imagined but it's also very wrong to say that all anxiety is real there's a balance between these two things and being help being being able to tell whether this anxiety is real or it's not real is incredibly helpful. Now you may come to the conclusion that this is a real fear and great. You may also come to the conclusion that this is an imagined fear. That is also great. Now you may say, well, I'm imagining this fear. And sometimes this actually comes along. We see this most prevalently in, in dreams. Little kids have dreams at night and they're scary dreams and they fear something and they feel anxious and they wake up in a cold, cold sweat or even a panic attack. And this happens to adults too. And sometimes there are things that are really imagined in our imagination that, that bring on these kinds of panic attacks. So we need to be able to differentiate it and talk about it. Because these things are incredibly important because how you handle them is different. Okay. So let me give you a statistic and this is, and I, I share this statistic so much. I've actually forgotten where I got it from, but I could probably find the study and share it with you. 95% of the things that we fear never hear this, never come true. 3% of the things that we fear have a possibility of coming true. 2% of the things that we fear actually come true. Now, if 95% of the things that I'm fearing never come true, would I want that 95% affecting my whole life? And the answer to that is, well, no, no one would. Let us not let this 95% of the things that we fear that make us anxious 
control our life. And as we unpack and examine the things that we fear, we can actually put them into categories and know how to cope with them because there's different coping mechanisms in different categories of how we deal with them. So for instance, if this is an imagined fear, obviously we deal with it different than we do with an, a real fear. So an imagined fear, which would be like a bad dream, how we handle the anxiety and panic that comes upon us in that would be totally different than how we would deal with this 2% category that has real fear and consequences in it. No one, no parent, walking across the road with a young child would let that child go on their own. In fact, many parents would pick up that child and hold them in their arms or hold their hand at the least or maybe even put them inside the stroller and strap them down. Because as adults, we understand that there is a fear that they might slip out of our hands and get hit by a car and die. Now, if we just let our kids go and don't put any restraints on them or don't teach them that they need to look both ways when they cross the road, our fear is not imagined. It is incredibly real. And so what we do in that situation is we do some things that just are common sense, where we hold their hand or we talk to them or we actually pick them up and we hold them in our arms as we cross the street. And so as we just deal with these fears that come up all the time in our life, uh, some of us are very quick to identify them and work through them. Others of us are not that quick to work through them. And what's under this is being able to identify truth versus lie. And behind everything, there's either a truth or a lie. And I know that might sound very black and white uh, to you as you listen, and aren't there gray areas where things could be right and maybe they could be wrong? Well, possibly. There are situations out there that could fall into that category. But for the majority of our lives, things are either based on truth or they're either based on a lie. And in those situations, we need to be able to identify our fears and whether they are connected to the truth or to a lie. So let me give... Uh, give you some examples to kind of help make this uh, more real to everyday life. So if someone, and we can go back and we can talk about Hannah. You know, Hannah was greatly threatened by this other woman and she was bullied. So was that a real thing? Yes, it was. It was happening in real time. She could, you know, if she had a camera there, she could record these things that were happening. Uh, were there other witnesses? Yes, there were. So it was very real. It was not imagined. So it was real. So that's our first examining of this. But then was it based on the truth or was it based on a lie? Well, the truth about the situation was that she couldn't have children. And this woman was bullying her and being mean to her because she couldn't have children. 
But what's interesting about this is that there's a possibility of something different. And that's how truth and lies kind of work. There's just this overlap between the two of them that it's sometimes very hard to see. Because the word always is not necessarily always. So, for example, the bullying could have gone for Hannah. You will never have children. You are always going to be barren. Well, that is not necessarily the truth. It is true that up until this point in time, she'd never had a child. But that's making a pronouncement on the future, and no one can make a pronouncement on the future except God. So being able to differentiate what is a lie and what is truth will actually help us in our anxiety feeling. So when we examine why we're feeling this way, so we know that we're being triggered by something, and then knowing the truth about the situation, it actually helps us to cope. Now, if we find out that there is a lie that we are believing about a situation, and uh, I'll just get, I'll just give a great example right now. So, let's say you're behind on your rent, and you're fearing that you are going to be kicked out of your apartment because you haven't been paying your rent. Now, that's common knowledge, but right now the Federal for provincial government has put a non-eviction clause in place during these stay-at-home times. That's the truth. And so if you're believing some lie that someone has power over you or someone is even telling you a lie that you're going to be kicked out because of non-payment of rent for the tenant during this stay-at-home period, you will be feeling anxious. But if you actually know the truth about what the government has said, what the Ontario Landlord Tenancy Act has come out and said, you won't be feeling as anxious. You see, and this is what's important about examining our anxiety and, and thinking it through. Because if we are just letting our emotions go out of control, then we're not actually thinking about truth, what is right, what is wrong and identifying our behavior with these things so that we can actually deal with our anxiety and every feeling whether it's sadness or uh, suicidal thoughts or uh, feelings of anxiousness or stress uh, we can just go down those grief is another thing um, they're all based as we peel back the layers of the onion on either truth or a lie. And if we can identify whether these things are based in truth or based in lies, that will be incredibly helpful. So for the person who is believing that they have no self-worth, so when they go into a group of people, they will feel anxious because they have a low self-worth. But if they don't believe, and they believe the truth about themselves, that they actually have something to share that would be beneficial with a larger group of people, 
they won't actually be feeling as anxious. And this, and this is important to realize that there is a very strong connection between how we feel and how we think. The Bible tells us that as a person thinks, so they are. And as we unpack that, we need to realize that this idea that we have in our minds that we're anxious people just fuels anxious feelings. The idea of being of low self-worth just fuels the idea and the behavior that brings on anxiety. And we actually need to know the truth about what God says about our circumstances so that we can cope with these feelings. And here's the other thing too. God created feelings. They're not man's invention. God himself feels. He grieves. He's jealous. He's angry. He's sad. He's all of these different emotions, but yet He's also perfect. And so some of the things that we can actually see in emotions and how to handle these emotions is beautifully laid out in Scripture. So may we take the time to identify the things that make us anxious. And confessing these Anxious things is good. And, and we need to find people around us that can listen to us. And when we say, hey, you know what? I'm feeling anxious about this trip that I need to go on. I'm feeling anxious about uh, this test that's upcoming. I, I'm feeling anxious about this responsibility I have uh, in my new job. Like These are all normal things that we would feel anxious about. But as we confess it, identify it, and then say, okay, are these real or are these imagined? Is this something I'm dreaming about? Or is this something that's really happening in real time? And then to actually step back and say, is this based on a lie or is this based on a truth? So for instance, you might be feeling anxious about this new job that you have. It's based on the truth because you have not been trained in that job. You don't actually know how to do the job. So will you feel anxious? Yes. So how do you cope with that anxiety? You get the training. You take what is true and you fill that in with that missing piece. And as we learn to think like this, and this is what's so great, as we learn to think like this, we actually begin to gain some traction or gain some victory over uh, anxiety. And uh, it's important to learn how to think through these emotions. And as we learn to think through by identifying and examining these emotions, then we actually can have some uh, place or some ground to actually cope with what we're feeling. And God, God makes it very clear in his word that uh, emotions are there to actually tell us something about our situation. 
when we feel stressed, it's telling us something about our situation. It's when we feel sad, it's telling us something about our situation. When we feel happy, it's telling us something about our situation. So as we're unpacking all of these things about emotions and how they play out in the human psyche and in the context of God's word and how God has created us, because God did create us to have emotions. God himself has emotions. And when he created us, he created us with emotions. And so having those emotions in a place where we can understand them uh, is important with dealing with anxiety. So be encouraged because people have anxiety and learn how to cope by identifying it and then making an evaluation of it based on truth, based on reality. And sometimes we actually need help uh, with people as individuals can't necessarily uh, think through all of this because uh, we don't necessarily have the skills to uh, process and ask the right kinds of questions to get down to the point about really examining and understanding why and how we're feeling anxious. And, it, and in those cases, we need counselors. We need people around us. And, and for some of us, we've been, we've been feeling anxious and we've been uh, trying to do this all on our own. And in those places, we're, we're still feeling anxious and we're just feeling overwhelmed by this. So if that's you, then try and find someone that can help you uh, just unpack why you feel anxious and what's triggering it and then examining it based on this, these principles that I've been talking about, based on truth or brothers, based on a lie, exposing those things that are lies and uh, you know, camping on what is truth and really identifying whether this is real or is this imagined in my situation. So once we've done that, then, then we actually have a really good understanding of why we're feeling anxious. And once we know why we're feeling anxious, we then can develop what's called coping strategies for that anxiety. And believe it or not, the scriptures are actually full of coping strategies for a number of different ailments. You know, when we're talking about chronic pain, when we're talking about uh, sadness and suicide, and this will blow you away too, that there are people in the Bible that actually have, uh, have suicidal thoughts or had suicidal thoughts, and we know of, of things that they went through. We actually even know that there were some in the scriptures that committed suicide. And so all of these things the Bible does address, and it is really up to us to dig in to the word of God and actually find out what God's word says about this. And God's word is a compass. It's, it's a great roadmap for life and it, and it has everything in it that can actually help us through all of these things. So again, as we're going through this month, uh, as we're talking about anxiety, I don't want to give people too much in one session just to take it and digest it and uh, think about it, pray about it and uh, continue with us as we go along through this. Because uh, there's a lot to dealing with uh, mental 
struggles and uh, things like anxiety and depression, things that are very common in our world, but also chronic pain and some of these other things that uh, really lead us into places that it's just difficult. And we could go on and talk about, we will, we'll talk about unhealthy coping mechanisms uh, next week when we talk about how to cope with this, with some of these anxiety pieces that we have. So hopefully this has been helpful today as we've been just, just trying to identify our triggers. And uh, yes, we may need help with that. And in these moments where our gas pedal is stuck on anxiety and the chemical of adrenaline that makes us go into these panic attacks, uh, we're going to need some help from, uh, from doctors. But we're also going to need help from counselors if we get stuck and not being able to examine really the elements of of, uh, of anxiety. And, and again, it takes courage to do this and you need a support network around you to support you and to encourage you to cheer you on, to be a cheerleader in this, in this process of learning to deal with anxiety and coping with the, the stress and all of the stuff that comes with anxiety. So if you've got any questions along the way, please uh, type them into the screen. We'll answer them uh, in coming sessions. Uh, but uh, just stay tuned and we'll continue to talk about anxiety and dealing with our anxiety uh, through this month of January. So before I go, I'm going to take a minute and pray uh, for those of you that have been uh, watching live. And for those of you that are watching this at a later time as you stay, uh, through, stay connected through all of this, uh, I'm going to pray for you too. Dear God, I thank you uh, that we can just look at your word and see that your word has some wisdom in how to deal with anxiety. So God, I, I pray as we have talked today about just identifying what, uh, what causes anxiety in our life and examining this anxiety and where it comes from, whether it's based on the truth or, or lies, whether it's real, whether it's imagined. Lord, that you would just open up our minds to have power over anxiety. Lord, I know your, your word is clear and there are things in your word that give direction to us for coping with mechanism, or with these mechanisms that bring us to this place of anxiety. So Lord, uh, lift our hearts today. May we know that you alone uh, say to the anxious of heart that you will come and deliver us. So God, we put our trust in you. We thank you for this promise and we look to you uh, to help us through all of this. And Lord, I pray that everyone that is watching this and engaging in this, that uh, they would have hope in the midst of their anxiety and that you would meet them where they are and we and we just great to be together today i hope you've been encouraged and uh we'll see you again next week god bless we hope you've enjoyed coffee and conversations with chris if you'd like to support this program please visit pinewoodschapel.com give See you next time.